0: 670 KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State Senators joining Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. 837, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. And on the phone line with us once again this morning, Senate Minority Leader Melissa Wintrell, District 19 in uh, Boise. Senator, good to talk to you again. Welcome back for another year.
1: Well, thank you. It's good to be on your show, especially on such a nice snowy day when people are in the traffic and want to hear, you know, a little entertainment. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm glad you're
0: going to view this as entertainment this morning. Uh, I, want to, I want to start off today's, uh, what, fourth day, second week of the legislature. Um, where are we on property taxes? We got that figured out yet?
1: Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I I got home late last night, and my husband, the first thing out of his mouth was, well, have we done anything on property taxes, Mm -hmm. education, or transportation? I said, nope. And he said, okay, status quo, and went back to his television show. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, we haven't talked about property taxes yet. We know that is the number one issue that is, you know, across the state that people care about. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, if you look at the bills that have gotten out into the committee and into the public, you know, it's, it's you know, we're kind of the same old, same old. Here we are talking about abortion and firearms and bathrooms instead of, you know, the things that really matter, I think, to most Idahoans. And, and I really hope that we can get through this and, you know, get down to business and help folks.
2: Speaking of firearms, uh, Senator Dan Foreman introduced a bill that uh, currently Idaho colleges do restrict guns on campus. His bill would yeah. change that. You are against that, correct?
1: Yeah, I think most people are against that. I know that bill was... Um, you know, when we first had that discussion, I think it was 2014 when it felt like the entire state descended on the Capitol. And that was the first bill to allow for concealed carry on campus. And, and, you know, all the colleges arrived with staff, students, presidents that said this and chiefs of police and so forth that said, hey, this is not a good idea. You know, a college campus is, you know, a bastion for the exchange of free ideas and debate and learning. And I think that's an important place to make sure people don't feel threatened in that engagement and that exchange. And I think in the context of our culture recently where we're seeing people um, who disagree with each other confront and be kind of violent and so forth, I, I think it's a legitimate concern that we allow you know, local control in our colleges and universities to do what's best for their environments, especially in those places like stadiums and, you know, basketball arenas and theaters where we know people are crowded in there in large numbers and are basically fish in a barrel. So let, let's let that stay in the control of our universities and what they know, you know, as far as their environments.
0: You know, since we're talking about Senator uh, Foreman, he also has another bill um, that was introduced uh, about who can and can't be in parades in the state of Idaho.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I need to dig deeper into that, Bill. I think an initial question that was raised to me was, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's something to, um, if, if you're a military procession and you are bearing arms in the military procession, you know, it, it's not you know that doesn't strike me as a problem right but when people gather with a particular um, ideology and their their t-shirts and their signs and they go ahead and, go ahead and say it you can
0: you can give you a know, name to it if you want
1: Well, I mean, I'm concerned about, you know, those groups, those uh, white nationalist groups and Aryan Nation and folks who are racist and showing up at places. We had the terrible scare up north here in the summer at one of the uh, pride parades. And I, I just think that. You know, if you're, it's different if you're in a military parade, right? Because you have a chain of command and there's accountability if something goes wrong. Here it's kind of a free for all and I, I just don't think it's a good idea. So I, I need to delve more into that. I, I, you know, you just get the bill right in front of you and you're forced to react immediately. So, you know, I just need to delve more into that as far as, but I think essentially what we need to do is balance our, our, you know, all of our constitutional rights with our responsibilities to our communities as well, and making sure that we're looking out for public safety and each other.
2: Senator Scott Herndon of uh, Sagal, uh proposed four different bills. One of those was to uh, remove uh, the um, uh, exceptions for uh, abortion in the state of Idaho. Now, that one didn't make it out of your committee. Why not?
1: Mm. Oh, he had a bill that would basically remove all exceptions for rape and incest in an abortion. Well, you know, honestly, I didn't say in a committee, but I should have. We already have a complete and total abortion ban in our state right now. And uh, if you have been raped or are a victim of incest, it's pretty difficult to get an abortion. I think most people in the state recognize. I mean, there, there are a lot of views on abortion. Right. And women's right and autonomy to their own body. I fall on the side that this is a fundamental right that. The government should not be forcing anyone to do something with their body they shouldn't want to do, right? And particularly, the most intimate thing is a pregnancy. So, I mean, I think in, in this case, when he brought that, uh, I think people were shell-shocked, quite frankly. And some of the comments about, you know, victims of rape Seeing their rape as an opportunity, you know, is really, in, in my estimation, a little stomach turning. I've, I've worked with victims of sexual assault and to think about, you know, some of the comments that were made in such a sterile environment as a committee room when people have gone through one of the most violent physical intrusions into their body, Um, you know, we don't have any right to be telling somebody what to do after they have been forced in that way, in a violent way, what they should do. And I think that's absolutely a problem.
2: His opinion seemed to be that if you are raped or the victim of incest and you are pregnant, that you should rejoice because there's a child on the way and never mind the circumstances.
1: You know, and I'm okay if an individual makes that decision on their own. It is not the right and role of the government to force that kind of um, attitude or choice on somebody when they're in that moment. And I think if I was a mother and my daughter, 12 years old, 13, 14 was raped and, you know, I had to deal with the trauma of that young woman uh, and had government was intruding in my life to help her. Um, oh, my heavens. I, I don't know what parent would uh, not come out of their skin on that. But like I said, I, I fully respect people's right to their um, beliefs. Um, The problem here is that he's asking the government to enforce an ideology and a religious one of that on the entire population. I just think that's not that's overstep of government. Um, So, again, respect people's right if they feel that way. And if he felt that way, I do not feel that way. And my government should not impose that upon me in particular this case.
0: Um, uh, one more question I think we have time to uh, get to before we have to let you go today. We're once again talking with Senate Minority okay. Leader Melissa Wintrow. Um, one of the things, uh, you know, you mentioned, kind of joking as we started into this, you know, we're, we're talking about a few things that are important to voters here in Idaho, but one thing that you guys have to do and must do before you leave uh, signy die for this year is you've got to come up with the way to spend that, what, $400 million in education money? Yeah,
1: that's um, what we should be talking about. <laughs> that,
0: so why, I, I don't understand, why isn't it that you have this thing you have to do, You have, as you said, the majority of people in the state want something done with property taxes. Why is all this other stuff happening right now instead of get that out of the way? And then if you have time, say, all right, let's come back to some of this other dumb stuff.
1: Well, I think, you know, I think as a as a individual constituent, you have to look at, you know, what what does that say about the legislature as a whole and or the individuals that are introducing bills right at the gate? Right. So, um, you know, typically the first week or two, you're getting organized and things are slowly, you know, getting started and so forth. But, um, you know, I think it's kind of telling, you know, who is introducing what and why. (laughs) But if it were me, boy, I'd be talking about that, that uh, money and getting it into our schools and making sure, you know, our job right now, and I feel really confident about the governor's budget. I really appreciated his budget. Uh, he is infusing money into education. He's investing in our teachers. And he has basically said, hey, we have got a constitutional obligation to public free uniform schools. And the discussion here in this term has been about vouchers. And vouchers are really a way to siphon public money away. Away from our taxpayers into private schools. Now, again, I fully support a parent if they want to send their child to a private school, but we can't do that with taxpayer money. Sure. We have created an, a system of accountability with that taxpayer money in our public school system, and we need to invest there. And finally, what I'll say is I met with 15 teachers this week, and I can tell you they, um, they need that raise And uh, the competition for teachers and out of state and people leaving our state, if we want to keep people here, we need to stop worrying about the things that aren't making a difference. And think about education, property tax, health care, infrastructure, the things that government ought to be interested in and helping people create opportunities for success.
0: Senator uh, Melissa Wintrow, thanks for taking a couple minutes talking with us this morning. I'm sure we'll talk to you again before the end of the session.
1: Well, thank you. You have a great day. Stay safe out there, everybody. 670 KBOI covers the Idaho
0: legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho state senators joining Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. 853, uh, I'm Mike Casper. He's Chris Welton. And on the phone with us, Senate Assistant Majority Leader Abby Lee, District 9 in uh, Fruitland. Senator Lee, member of the Senate Health and Welfare Committee. Senate Judiciary and uh, Rules Committee and Senate State Affairs Committee. And uh, you are serving in your fifth term. I want to start things off this morning. Are you seeing any differences this year's in goals and ideology with the senators that you're working with? And as a matter of fact, the whole legislature uh, as compared to other years that you have served?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me this morning. Um, you know, as you've seen, I think we have a significant uh, turnover, if you would call that, in the Senate. So we have a lot of of new senators, 20 new senators. Uh, So even if everybody saw the world the same way, imagine what it is to bring people together and talk about process and protocol and rules and and just kind of getting to know each other. So that's a little bit of a a different lift. I've I've not experienced that before, Um, but I will offer that, it's actually going really well, which doesn't um, sell papers or get good headlines. <laughs> but um, I think people are, are really trying to, to assume goodwill and, and work together. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of diversity of ideas, and uh, it's, it's kind of an exciting time.
2: What, what do you think should be the, the number one goal of the legislature this year in Idaho?
3: Oh, well, our, our only constitutional requirement is the possibility balanced budget. And so I really, you know, as a former member of the joint finance and appropriation committee, I want to keep us focused on that's what we do is we, um, you know, we we have to be good stewards of these um, tax dollars. And uh, so I'm really hoping that we can remember that's what um, everything else is, is kind of an added bonus if we do anything else. Um, So I'm hoping that we can get um, through some of those spending discussions. And I'm a a big proponent of our investment in education and teachers, and uh, particularly uh, the the dollars for CTE and um, high wage high demand jobs
0: one of the things being talked about and there 's uh, you know millions of dollars what about four hundred million dollars that you and the other legislators get to decide uh, how it is spent on education this year, one of the things that 's already being bandied back and forth. Uh, is school choice. Some are calling it school vouchers. Uh, what, what do you think? Is that, is that something that should be discussed? Uh, how, how good of a chance do you see something, school choice, being passed in this legislative session?
3: So Absolutely. I think we should discuss it. Um, you know, I represent a, a mostly rural district. I have 12 small school districts that I represent. And so um, I'm a Republican, but I'm telling you, we have a constitutional requirement to fund our public schools. Uh, I want our parents to be involved. I'm an advocate of of charter schools and and some of those choices, but um, we have to make sure that we're fulfilling that first. Interesting conversation about school choices. There are so many ideas out there that I think we're probably going to spend this session vetting those and and having some uh, robust uh, conversations about what does that mean.
0: And, And can you go a little bit further on that and exactly what that means?
3: Yeah, I think, um, you know, we've had some conversations about the Blaine Amendment, whether or not that is constitutional. And, and as for those of you who don't know, that's seeking public dollars to fund private or religious schools. And
0: uh, okay. uh, thus far,
3: we we felt like that that's not the the role. But we have a lot of, of new legislators who really um, think that's what we should do. Uh, I, I'm okay if we have extra dollars, but I really want to make sure that we're doing that constitutional requirement of funding. Um, Public education. And and that brings us to property tax relief. Right. So could we properly fund our schools and then reduce some of those local costs to, um, you know, to our homeowners who are, are paying for levies and things that perhaps the state should be funding?
0: Look at that. We did. You even asked and answered your own question that we were going to get to on that. <laughs> um, we appreciate that. Uh, Senate uh, Assistant Majority Leader Abby Lee, District 9 in Fruin. thanks for being with us. I hope that this isn't just early in the session, as you mentioned, that everybody seems to be working together and, and that that's going to be the case. Uh, I'm hoping that for your sake and everybody else's, that that continues to be the case through the rest uh, of the session. Thanks for taking a couple minutes Thank with you. us this morning, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again before the end of the uh, legislative session. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a great day. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We will uh, take a break. Phone calls and emails. Want to weigh in on your thoughts? Here's your chance to do it.